Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. There's some people here, when you go home, you need to start moving that back. Some of you are going to wake up in the morning and the pain will be gone. Some of you will know straight away because you'll be able to bend and do things you couldn't do before. Because I know that Jesus is our healer. We just need to walk in by faith into the realm of the Spirit and what is ours. We so live by our natural eyes and our natural understanding. Do you realize we have five natural senses and in the Spirit, they are in the Spirit realm and we settle for the natural instead of walking in the Spirit. We can taste and see that the Lord is good. We can feel and sometimes you can, you can sense His aroma and His presence filling a building or a place. God says we can, we can have that hearing where your ears hear the voice of the Spirit of God. We can, we can know that we can see with the eye of faith in the spirit realm what can be and what should be instead of settling for the natural. And God wants to teach us how to live in the spirit realm. And He's going to do it as we are willing to respond. Last week I started speaking on the fruit and gifts of the Spirit, because next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. And we have our combined churches celebration at the Baptist next Sunday night, 6 o'clock, and encourage you to come. And Steve Grace is going to be with us for the whole day. He's coming both services next Sunday morning. Many of you know Steve. He's just got a great passion. He travels all over the world. I think he's in America this Sunday, and he'll be back with us Next week, he does a lot of tours up in the Solomon Islands and New Guinea and all over Australia. Some of you follow him on uh, Facebook or on his website. You never know where he's going to pop up. It's going to be in Harvey Bay next weekend. So bring your friends and he'll be singing and speaking uh, next Sunday. Acts 2, 1 to 4 says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly... A sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Verse 17, Peter gets up and preaches, says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I'll pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. What happened on the day of Pentecost was the beginning of the fulfillment of that prophecy because it's definitely not the end because not everyone was, the spirit didn't touch everyone. It touched some people in that city. But now the spirit of God's moving all over the world and we're moving into a fulfillment of that to another whole realm and we need to be looking for it believing expecting for that transformation of God's grace and Jesus before he went to the cross he said an amazing thing in John 15 he says it's better I go and leave you and the disciples said no we're just getting used to having you around this is awesome following you and the stories and the miracles and the food that's a bonus as well and the signs and wonders Jesus said no 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 it's better if I go and I send the Holy Spirit because he can be everywhere at once. He can fill millions of believers all over the world, whereas Jesus was confined to his own body while he was on earth. They didn't really understand what that meant. But now as a church, we do. And in John 15, 26, it says, But when the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby comes, when I will send him, I will send to you from the Father. That is the Spirit of truth who comes from the Father. He will testify and bear witness 
about me. We need to have a fresh look at the Holy Spirit, about his fruit and gifts in our lives that God wants us to live in. Galatians 5.22 talks about the fruit. But the fruit of the Spirit is, let's say them together, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Well, that's the tough one at the end. Hey, self-control. The best way to get self-control is that the Holy Spirit control you and then you'll be able to bring control to your own life. It's not about how disciplined you are. That helps, but it's the Holy Spirit. Verse 25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Wow, Lord, help us to keep in step with your Holy Spirit. That's what it means to live a Spirit-filled life. Last week we went through and explained what those fruit more were. Our Part of our culture, our DNA, the church is Bayside, and the Y stands for yes to the Holy Spirit. Let's never put the Holy Spirit aside. Some Christians have put the Holy Spirit in a box because they get scared of what He might do. I've learned if you let Him loose, let Him do His work, He will, he will honour God, He will transform our lives and He will set people free. He'll reach the lost and broken. He's the only one that can heal the brokenhearted and set the captives free. And God says, I want to teach you how to let His life and Spirit flow more and more. We want to see a revival and a harvest. The Holy Spirit's the most powerful one. I love it when God moves in church and I always say, but don't forget, He's done a lot more out there than He is in here. Because He's striving with everyone to get saved. So right while we're in here having an awesome time, He's now speaking to thousands of people across our city and He's nudging them. He's bringing Christians across their path. He were, they're crying out for help in their broken, abused homes. They're crying out and God by His Spirit is reaching out and preparing people for someone to go and talk to. They'll turn on the television all of a sudden they're watching a Hillsong program. They say, what's this? God's Spirit is all over the earth striving for people to come to Christ. And His power is going to become more and more demonstrated. As we plug in and connect with that, just see what God will do. God wants us to step up and move in the life of the Spirit. In the Amplified, in Galatians 5.22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit, the result of His presence within us. There you go. When the Holy Spirit's made room in us, this is what the fruit and observation will be. This is a really good test of how much it's not how much you've got of the Spirit, it's how much He's got of you. Because the more He's got of you and your soul and your mind and your past, your present and your future, let me tell you, this is the fruit that will be seen that He is alive within you. How much does the Holy Spirit have of us? It says, the result of the, His presence within us is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience. Not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting. That's a really good thought, eh? Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature, together with its, its passions and appetites. If we claim to live by the Holy Spirit, we must also walk by the Spirit with personal integrity, godly character, and moral courage, our conduct empowered by the Holy Spirit. Wow, that will bring maturity and freedom and wholeness. And people will have a great reflection of Jesus when we live there. Because the fruit of the Spirit is really the nature of Christ. Because He was filled with the Spirit without measure. 
So the way he treated people with grace and kindness, with authority, with hope, with healing, that's what the Holy Spirit does through us now, the body of Christ. He reveals Christ by the fruit and power and life of the Holy Spirit. What are some of the hindrances to this Holy Spirit fruit growing? Number one, if you get disconnected from the branch or the vine. Some of you got fruit trees at home. You cut off a branch, within a day it'll be withered and dying. Even if there was a fruit on that, an orange that was half grown, or you chop down a banana bunch before it's ripe, if it's only half developed, it will go rotten. If it's almost ripe, it may ripen. And so we need to stay connected to the branch, to the vine, which is Jesus Christ. We need to stay connected. If you get disconnected or pull back and follow him from a distance, guess what? The life of the Spirit will not be flowing to the same measure that God wants it to be in your life. John 15, 4 says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit of itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. When we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, often people think, oh, I just got to work harder. I just got to strive harder to get self-control. And, and when I get angry, I just got to be more patient. And so we've got all this work stuff. The Holy Spirit is the one who produces the fruit. We just co- got to cooperate and help stay in that place of connection. In worship, in prayer, in the Word, in serving and living and loving. If you stay in the place of connection, let me tell you, the fruit of the Spirit will grow. And it's not a whole pile of moral discipline. Yes, that's important, cooperating, but it's the life of the Spirit will grow in our hearts and our lives. I was thinking of that verse in Hebrews 10.25. It says, Do not forsake the meeting or the gathering together as the manner of some is, and get together even more as you get closer to the end times. I want to say something here that will make me some friends and maybe a few enemies. I thank God for God TV. I thank God for Hillsong and all the other TV programs and radio broadcasts and podcasts. and everything. I thank God for them all. They, they can stir your faith, but let me tell you, they can never substitute for a church. Because you can't fellowship with a TV and you can't have someone in America praying for your needs the same as someone in your life group or your church can. And there's so many people settle for that. Hey, if you're ill or in bed or you're elderly and can't get to church, that's awesome that we've got all those great things now to help us on the journey. But we need to be, because the anointing and the life of the Spirit will flow in the body of Christ, the corporate anointing, like nothing else can. And we don't understand the power of that so often. And we need, as the body of Christ, learn to to gather, to connect, to worship. We're a family. If we only showed up for a meal once every three months at home, we'd think, do you belong here? And God wants us to flow together. And our connection, we all live busy lives, but don't settle for second best. Let's flow together. Let's stay connected to God and to His body. That's where the life of the Spirit flows. Secondly... If we want to keep the fruit of the Spirit growing, you must make sure the roots, the soil, has good foundations and it's nurtured. Mark 4.20 says, Others, like seed sown in good soil, hears the word, accepts it, and produces a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. I'm amazed. Some people, they get saved from a broken background and 12 months later, there's just a growth of maturity and strength and power in their life. And every now and then, I'll see someone who's been a Christian for 
10 or 15 or 20 years and there's still so much brokenness in their life. I think, what's the story? One, one of the things is this level of nurturing the soil and keeping your heart as free and clean and close to God. Because let me tell you, you will grow so much quicker when you let the Holy Spirit deal with stuff in our lives. Luke 6.43 says, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes, bushes <coughs> or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Wow, have you met someone new and you just listen for a while, ask you questions. If you listen long enough, they'll tell you where their heart's at. And all of us, we, revere, we locate ourselves by our faith and our love and our grace and the fruit of the Spirit by what we say. Because that's just a reality of life. Thirdly, if we want to keep the fruit growing, don't give in to the works of the flesh or the sinful nature. What's this about? Galatians 5.16 says, But I say, walk habitually in the Holy Spirit, seek Him, and be responsive to His guidance. And then you will certainly not carry out the desire of the sinful nature, which responds impulsively without regard for God and His precepts. For the sinful nature has its desire which is opposed to the Spirit, and the desire of the Spirit opposes the sinful nature. For these two, the sinful nature and the Spirit, are in direct opposition to each other, continually in conflict, so that you as believers do not always do whatever good things you want to do. But if you are guided and led by the Spirit, you are not subject to the law. Wow, what a powerful thought that is. And uh, I heard the story years ago of this. A guy had a neighbor's dog, and this big dog used to come and beat up his, his little nice dog. He thought, I can't, I can't, the, the little dog's never going to be strong enough. But then one day, he realized that the, the neighbor went away. So what he did, he fed up his little dog and only gave a little bit of food, not in cruelty, but the big dog just got weaker. And guess what? The day came when the little dog was stronger and it beat the big dog because it hadn't been fed properly. And if you don't feed the old nature, let me tell you, the spirit will just get stronger. If you feed the spirit and you cut off the supply of selfishness and junk and all that stuff that will feed the old nature, guess what? Your spirit will get stronger. What is said in the word will become a reality for your life. You've got to live in that freedom. Then it goes on and gives us this ugly list of what are the works of the sinful nature. I don't read this passage very often, but we just need to read it in context. Now, the practices of the sinful nature are clearly evident. They are sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, total irresponsibility, lack of self-control. Whoa, that sounds like the nightly news that I watch sometimes. Idolatry, sorcery, hostility, strife, jealousy, fits of rage, anger, disputes, dissensions, Factions that promote heresies, envy, drunkenness, riot behavior, riotous behavior, and other things like these. I warn you beforehand, as I did previously, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Well, that's not a very politically correct statement to put out on the news, but that's the truth. 
When it says practice, it means not someone who occasionally gives into temptation on that, but someone who continually lives that way and feeds it and doesn't try and change. The Bible says, you're not going to live in the fruit of the kingdom of God. But the Spirit of God is there to help us grow and change. There's a constant battle between the spirit and the sinful nature, but God's there to help us. About three o'clock this morning, I woke up. I was having a really good sleep. And if I wake up in the middle of the night on a Sunday morning or Saturday night, I know the Holy Spirit's trying to get my attention. And these two verses came so clear in my mind. And I knew that it fitted in with the message. And it gives us understanding, teaching on how the Spirit works. Ephesians 4.30 says, Don't grieve God. Don't break His heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for Himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. Wow, wow, wow. The Holy Spirit is the greatest gift that Jesus has given us. Because without the Holy Spirit, you would never understand salvation. Without the Holy Spirit, the Bible doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Without the Holy Spirit, you can't process that forgiveness and grace and all those other things that we take for granted in our spiritual journey. The Holy Spirit is the greatest gift that was given by God after Jesus went back to heaven. And we think of the Holy Spirit with His gifts and power and fruit. That's the evidence that you are walking close to the Holy Spirit and and responding to Him. It says, don't grieve God or break His heart. How do we grieve God? We grieve God when we allow the works of the old sinful selfish nature to rule us instead of the fruit of the Spirit to lead us and empower us. The next verse is 1 Thessalonians 4.16 says, Rejoice always and delight in your faith. Be unceasing and persistent in prayer. In every situation, no matter what the circumstances, be thankful and continually give thanks to God, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench, subdue, or be unresponsive to the working and guidance of the Holy Spirit. Do not scorn or reject gifts of prophecy or prophecies, spoken revelations, words of instruction or exhortation or warning. But test all things carefully so you can recognize what is good. Hold firmly that which is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Withdraw and keep away from it. This verse tells us don't quench the Spirit. What's the difference between grieving and quenching? Grieving is where we sin and do stuff that just hurts his heart. And he's saying, he's pleading with, you're made of better stuff than that. I've forgiven you. Don't keep living that old, self-centered, broken, carnal way of life. There's a better way. How do we quench the Spirit? We quench the Spirit when we ignore His love, His truth. His nudgings, His leading. We quench Him when we say, sorry, I'm busy today. The Holy Spirit nudges you to go and talk to your new neighbor because you've seen them. They're obviously injured. And He's saying, why don't you go and offer to pray for them? Oh, they might, they might get upset or I'm going to look foolish if nothing happens. That's quenching the Spirit because we are not bringing the Holy Spirit into 
the whole situation and let him be loose and see what he does. He's got a way of turning people's lives in all sorts of ways. We quench the Spirit when we're in a meeting and the Holy Spirit's saying, hey, it's time for you to respond to this word. Maybe get on your knees and surrender. Or he's asking you to forgive someone. God, you, you don't know what they've done. Yes, he does. But he's saying if you forgive them, that's the beginning of the doorway of release for you and it also opens the door for me to deal with them. We quench the Spirit when we reject or won't respond to what He's asked us to do by His still small voice in our heart or by the written inspired Word of God that the Holy Spirit inspired. And we're very clever today. We can make up all sorts of excuses. We can, we can reason out some of the amazing Scriptures that are there. And, and we, we sometimes don't understand how clear the Holy Spirit is and He has come to bring healing and restoration and hope for every life. But he knows how we are made and he's calling us to respond. Sometimes we get mixed up between the voice of the Holy Spirit and the enemy's condemnation. What's the difference? The Holy Spirit will convict you of sin or warn you about going down that road of temptation or giving in to that um, discouragement or depression or uh, anger. The Holy Spirit will warn us plead with us, nudge us, direct us. The devil will condemn us. The enemy will condemn us because then he'll attract, he'll attack your identity and say, you're a failure. You can't make it. You'll never be free of this. Your family can never break that cultural stronghold over your life. That's the enemy that attacks your identity and makes you want to run away from God. The Holy Spirit will convict you, but then give you hope and draw you to God. That's the difference. And we need to know and understand that in our hearts very clearly. Because otherwise we get confused about what's the Holy Spirit and what's the enemy and what's our own thoughts. The Holy Spirit will convict and always draw you to truth and give you hope that you can change or things can break through. That's the whole nature of our God, the God of hope and grace and truth. The devil's out to steal, kill and destroy, to push you down and saying you could never get over this grief. You can, you can never move on from that. You will always be marked with that. That's a lie from the pit of hell because Jesus says anyone who's in Christ is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. That's what the Word of God says and we need to live in the reality of that. The truth that Christ has come to set us free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Freedom, and that's not conditional freedom, that is total freedom. And we need to make more room for the Spirit of God in our lives. And don't quench His Spirit, and don't grieve Him, and see what will happen in and through our lives. Oh God, teach us, show us how to live. Two more as we just wrap it up today. If you, if you don't deal with strongholds of disease in the natural, if you don't deal with the predators, the birds or the parasites, or the diseases, they will destroy your tree and you'll lose your crop. In the Spirit, James 4, 7 says, So submit to the authority of God, resist the devil, stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. Why? Because when you start to submit to God, the Spirit of God is stirred up and released in you, and the devil hates the Spirit of God. What's one of the names for the enemy? He's the Antichrist. Anti means against. So he's against Christ. What's Christ mean? Anointed one. 
The devil hates the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So whenever you start to side with the Holy Spirit and His anointing and power starts to flow, guess what? The enemy flees because he can't hang around it because every time he sees it, it reminds him of his defeat on the cross. And the Spirit of God raised Christ from the dead. So that anointing that works in you, every time the enemy gets around the anointing, he tries to stop you getting in the flow because when you are, he knows he's got no power and he's defeated and he wants to flee because he doesn't want to hang around that anymore. We don't understand that's how the Spirit of God works. The Antichrist against the anointing. And the enemy will try and stop you getting in the anointing. That's why some of you had such a battle getting full of the Holy Spirit. Why sometimes you, you want to walk in the Spirit, but the enemy will try and keep you away from praising and worshipping and confessing and declaring the Word and walking by faith. If he can stop you getting into that flow, then he can hold you back. But once you get in that flow of faith, then he's lost all power over you in that situation and relationship. We need to understand that's how it works. Holy Spirit, help us to overcome, to walk in freedom. And lastly... You don't have to keep trying so hard to try and get fruit to grow in your life. If you let the Spirit flow, the fruit will grow. Just stay connected to the life of the Spirit. That's why I love to worship. That's why I love to speak in other tongues. That's why I love to serve with the gifts that God's given me. Because when you serve and flow in the gifts of God, it brings joy and freedom and release. Whatever it is. And we'll talk some more about that tonight. I want to Speak some more about the gifts of the Spirit and, and flowing in the fullness of the Spirit. And if you've never been full of the Holy Spirit and spoken other tongues and His power in your life, come tonight because we're going to pray for people. And if you need that fresh flow in our lives, we need that power. We need to understand how to live in the fullness of the Spirit of God because there's an authority in the kingdom of God that is so powerful and we settle for way less most of the time. We, we are in danger of settling to religious formulas instead of the life of the Spirit of God. And God says, let the life flow. Let His freedom overflow our hearts and our lives. The Christian life's a growing relationship, a partnership with the Lord, where we learn to live in the power of His Spirit. God says, it, you will grow bearing fruit in every good work. So today, as we come to the end of this message, I feel the Holy Spirit just tugging at our hearts. He stirred us with His authority. His kingdom life is here. Some people have been resisting and wrestling with the Spirit, quenching or struggling or striving to overcome those selfish things in our lives. We've got to cooperate with the Spirit. There are times we've got to get in line with the Spirit and resist the enemy, but get connected and let the river flow because when the river of God flows, fruit grows. And I don't have to get out every morning at my fruit tree there and yell at it to grow fruit. Some of us do that with God. God, why aren't you sorting this out? He says, well, I would if you just cooperated and get in the flow and the fruit will grow. Don't strive. Surrender and trust and let the Spirit of God arise and see what He'll do. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.